You're listening to the awesome Podcast Network. Welcome back to the latest Blast of the Past with Asia Visited. This week we talk about a film released on August 9th, 1985, the same day that Anna Kendrick was born here in the United States, if you like her, that is. Mm. However, I like to remember that date being the day that my science project came out. Ah, yes. Also going to talk about our own science projects, what I thought about The Great Wall with Matt Damon, and my (laughs) final verdict on Mass Effect Andromeda. All coming up here on 80s Revisited. is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now, your host, Trey Harris. Power, power, children. Beatle concerts, anti-war rallies. I'll be dipped in shit. What happened to you? I was blasting through the warp on a time tour of the 60s. I don't know what even to say, man. Like, I mean, trip and trip, man. It was. <laughs> What's your name, cowboy? Robert Roberts Esquire to you, honky. Classic Mm. hopper. Classic hopper. And speaking of classic, here's the latest classic episode of 80s Revisited as we talk about my science project. I'm your host, Trey Harris, and with me as always, my own science project, Jesse Sedgley. Yes, I am, man. Oh, shit, let me, uh... Handle a few little. There we go. Little yeah. adjustments. <laughs> Bring you back to normally. Uh, sorry, personality spike there on the yeah. inframamogram, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but yeah, my science project, an actual blast to the past, I think, for both of us with this one. Uh, but anyway, released August 9th, 1985. IMDb gives it a six. Rotten Tomatoes, 14%. Ooh, However, no. 56% audience. I think probably one of the biggest differences we've ever seen on the podcast. Uh, couldn't find any information on the budget. However, it opened at 1.5. It was number 14th for the opening weekend, mm. which is it got buried. That, that's you know it's a that's a flop already. Wow! However, all the star, all this star power didn't get them in the theaters. <laughs> Dennis Hopper, Fisher Stevens, John Stockwell. <laughs> well, that's because for the sixth week in a row, Back to the Future was still number one and. If you were going to the theater to see one movie, you should have gone to see Back to the Future this week. <laughs> and you might be wondering, August 9th? Wow, wasn't last week's movie August 2nd? You're exactly right. Yeah. Two competing science science movies at the theater within a week of each other. And if you want, and technically, Back to the Future is the third one. Oh, wait a second. Wait, what's that? I'm getting late-breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. Next week's movie also <laughs> opened the same day. And wow. it was also a science movie. And you know what? Didn't Bill? This is like almost serendipity. Didn't Bill Guy the Science Guy's the new Bill series? Nye, the, the Science, science Guy. Nye. <laughs> Bill Nye the Science Guy's new Netflix series start today? Yes, it did. What? I didn't. You can't plan this shit if you wanted to. <laughs> it's a well, load of actually, science. Actually, you're not. You're not listening. I mean, we're recording it on this day, but you're listening to it like a week and a half yeah, later. So. That's true. <laughs> but it just came so out you know, last week. Yeah. There you go. Hope you enjoyed it. I can't <laughs> know what I, I don't know what I've thought of yet about it, but I loved it. <laughs> Next week we'll find out the truth. Well, he was, yeah, just spitting like Nazi propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oops. <laughs> oh, oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, open at 14 for the week. Back to Future number one. Four science movies all playing at the theater the same week. So if you were a science nerd, it was a hell of It was your renaissance that mm-hmm. weekend. You could have seen a different movie every day of the week almost. 
Uh, let's see. Domestically right. went on the gross 4.1, so I don't know if it made its budget back. But regardless, 14th for the week. <laughs> Opening Ooh. weekend. Buried. Uh, directed by John R. Butel. Uh, he did two episodes of Freddy's Nightmares as far as directing. Excuse me. And he also directed the Whoopi Goldberg quote-unquote classic Theodore Rex. Mm. Here's a thing for dinosaurs because there's a dinosaur in this film. Uh, however, he is a veteran of the podcast. He wrote The Last Starfighter. So there you go, which was directed by Nick Castle, who was Michael Myers in the original John Carpenter Halloween, to tie it back to that episode and to bring it back to Halloween. Best horror movie ever made, by the way. Short plug. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, starring a veteran of the podcast, uh, John Stockwell. I recognize the name. I was like, God, I know that name. What was he in? And I'm looking, I'm like, oh, that's fucking Cougar. Uh, from Top Gun, obviously, he's Michael in this film, but also he was in Christine, and he went on to be, let's say, a moderately successful director. Apparently, if there, you want to direct, if you need a director to direct a hot movie with some young hot actors involving the ocean, he's your mm. guy because he directed Blue Crush in 2002 and Into the Blue in 2005. I've only seen Into the Blue because I knew there was a shark scene in it, and Jessica Alba gets attacked by a bad CG tiger shark. However, he also is the director of Kickboxer Vengeance to tie it into JCVD month. Yep. So now it's even more important to watch that movie. <laughs> Just be- not really. No. Not really. <laughs> but anyway, uh, and the reason to, the only reason I would ever recommend watching my science project, Fisher Stevens as Latello. Of course, Short Circuits 1 and 2 and Super Mario Brothers and Hackers. I honestly, I always recognize his name. But I swear to God, I was like, who is he in this film? Where, because... <laughs> Where have I seen him? I mean, most people will know him from Short Circuit, let's be honest. And he plays a Hindu... I guess he... Uh, what is it? Culturally appropriated a Hindu guy. And right. I haven't seen Short Circuit one or two in years. Haven't covered on the podcast yet, but don't worry. We'll get to it because we still... We might be 200 plus episodes in, but there's still numerous movies to cover, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so he's like, wait a second. That's fucking him right there. Holy shit. <laughs> And he is fantastic in this film. You're going to hear me say that multiple times. He is so funny. The only reason to watch this film, unless you, unless you saw it as a kid, like me and Jesse are going to talk about later, yeah. uh, there was no reason to revisit it if you haven't seen it already. But he was so funny in this film. Uh, also starring Danielle Von Cernick as Ellie. She was also Donna in La Bamba, another veteran of the podcast. Raphael Sbarge was Sherman. He was also in Ricky... Rick, Ricky... Risky Business, Independence Day, and strangely <laughs> enough, to tie it into this week's Back to the Future segment, he was the voice of Caden Alenko, or Kaiden, however you want to pronounce it, in Mass Effect. I didn't, I didn't recognize him in this, his voice, because I let Kaiden die in that first mission on Mass Effect because <laughs> I didn't like him from the start. I went with uh, uh, Ashley Williams. As, uh, I saved her because she was hot. and Yeah, Kaiden <laughs> was, Kaiden was a douche. Time. Exactly. More on that at the end of the podcast, however. Richard Masur, a lot of veterans of the podcast in this film. He was Detective Nolte, uh, most notably for me, Mr. Boogity, and also The Thing, and also Risky Business. And Dennis Hopper, the late, great Dennis Hopper, uh, as Bob Roberts, of course, Speed, uh, Easy Rider, most notably. And a film I watched just last night and showing my wife for the first time, who left her scratching her head, David Lynch's Blue Velvet. Mm. So like, oh gosh, he, he watched it recently. I wonder if it's going to show up on the podcast in relation to the Twin Peaks reboot later on. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> Stick, stay tuned for a few episodes down the road. Because <laughs> Twin Peaks comes out uh, mid-May. So, yes, it is going to be on the podcast. There you go. I spoiled it. Whatever. But, yeah, my science project. This is a film 
until I watched it a couple weeks ago, I had not seen it since I literally rented it back in the 80s. And I rented it because the VHS cover of this film is epic. You got John Stockwell holding the, you know, uh, I forget what they call him, you know, the little ball with electricity. It has an actual name for it. They sold them at Spencer's Gifts in the 80s and 90s, and if you were cool, you had one and a lava lamp. I never had one, but I had a lava lamp. Uh, just a plasma lamp. Plasma lamp. Yeah. yeah. You know, in the 80s, if you had, I mean, they were like stupidly expensive in the 80s, like 100 bucks. I always wanted one, just, oh, I want that in my room. Never dropped the price. <laughs> so anyway, uh, but yeah, he's got, he's holding that, the device from the film, and then you got Fisher Stevens loaded up with dynamite and a uh, M16, and the cover just looks fantastic. It's like, oh, I gotta see this as a kid. The cover, like in the 80s, you go to the video store, the cover has to sell you on a movie that you don't already anticipate watching. Well, if you Succeeded. want a plasma lamp, it's much cheaper now. I don't need one now. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. An electroplasma uh, lamp that's in the shape of a lava lamp. They combine the two things that you were really cool if yeah. you had. You can even get them for 10 bucks. Wow. Note Crazy. to self, if I want to touch it for five seconds and then wish I didn't buy it. <laughs> if you want to dress up your room like a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll buy one for the Halloween party. There you go. Just for uh, the... Uh, Nostalgia's sake. But yeah, so the cover sold me on it, and I rem- I re- there were certain scenes I distinctly remember from this film, most notably the T-Rex, and then something with aliens, which I'm watching, and I'm like, okay, first of all, revisiting it, I rem- my memory of it was honestly about the same, because I remember not loving it, but I liked it. Like, oh, that was cool. Yeah. But... Oh, wait, Weird Science? Lisa? Let me wa- I'll watch that instead if I'm going to watch a movie with Science <laughs> in the title. Let's be honest, in the 80s. Uh, yeah, I mean, nowhere near as good as last week's movie, but revisiting it as we do on the podcast, uh, it was enjoyable. Like I said, uh, the effects are bad. Well, I didn't say that yet, but the effects are a lot of rear, bad rear projection and green screen, that kind of stuff. Uh, really cheap effects. Uh, however, the cast, mainly Dennis Hopper's character, I mean, when is he not good? And again, Fisher Stevens is so... Like, he's he's not hilarious, but... Like, his one-liners don't hit all the time, so he ranges from annoying to hilarious, put it to you that way. Mm. But his character, he's that typical, like, hey, oh, what are we doing here? You know, throwing out one-liners all the time for everything that's happening. He's a gangster. But, well, <laughs> he's Italian in this film, so me familia. Uh, you know, so, uh, but he made it, like, some of the duller, longer parts, because it takes a while to get going. And I remember as a kid, like, when are they going to, like, start, like, fighting stuff like on the cover <laughs> it's the last 20 minutes of the movie and the movie's an hour and a half so it, it does take a while for all the shit to happen but when it does the last half of the movie's where it kicks off where it's so much more enjoyable so much more fun with the bad effects and them fighting gladiators dinosaurs aliens uh nazis in the hallway and again it all takes place at a school so uh as a kid you're like wow i wish you know i was, after watching this movie i was like i can't wait till i have to do a science project not that, I, you know, like maybe I'll go find some, you know, military base. Or it was just an idea like, oh, wow, like science projects. Cool. Them. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, we'll get onto my actual science project at the end of the podcast. But, oh, boy. But, uh, yeah, if you haven't seen it, it's, if you want to watch a, 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 a truly 80s movie, it's worth watching. Put it to you that way. Uh, but in terms of the three, quote, unquote, science movies we're going to cover on this little mini retrospective, uh this is not the one to watch first. We started with Weird Science, and that's the best. It's just downhill. But, Jesse, you, you said you actually had it on VHS back in the day. I did. Well, 
what we do is we rent movies and record them onto mm-hmm. a blank and put like three movies on that. This you were a pirate before I was. This was one of them. That's so funny. And you didn't realize <laughs> that we actually watched the trailer because you had no clue what movie I was talking no, about. No, I had no idea. So, yeah, as soon as I started playing it, I saw Dennis Hopper like working with the little the bad effects. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it came back to me pretty quick. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, when I when I revisited it, there was like so many couple there were a couple of scenes. It's like I remember it clear as day, and then it shows up. I'm like, yep, that's it. I clearly remember that. Yeah. Uh, see, it's it's a fun little movie. It's it's a fun movie. Uh, we talked at the end of last week's podcast about remakes. Uh, this story, I think you could actually remake it today. I wouldn't be opposed to a remake of this film. Uh, simply because the original did what they did on a shoestring budget in the 80s. A lot of practical effects, so I appreciate that aspect of it. But there's the Haunted Mansion effect right there in the hallway we're watching right now. And the whole movie is on YouTube, by the way. Uh, This isn't one... uh, It took me a while to kind of track it down, otherwise we would have done it a lot sooner and I would have revisited it myself a lot sooner. But this isn't a popular movie. Uh, But of course, as I discovered with Jesse, a lot of people probably saw it on home video, so I imagine that the rental numbers were probably better than its box office, Mm. if I had to guess. Again, the cover's fantastic. Uh, sold me on it immediately as a kid. Uh, so uh, anyway, but with the trivia, uh, according to Sin... Uh, no, wow, two episodes in a row we mentioned Cine Fantastique Magazine. Mm. Uh, alien puppets were made for the opening sequence, but were scrapped. So for them to be really bad puppets based on the other stuff you see in this film, they had to be really, really bad puppets. So it's probably a good thing. Uh, the videotape and DVD box art, which I just spoke about, uh, which is based on the poster, had Fisher Stevens holding an assault rifle with six of dynamite strapped to his body and smoking a cigar. The rifle, dynamite, and cigar have all been removed from the Blu-ray case of the film because I guess it's a little culturally insensitive to have somebody <laughs> with dynamite strapped to him. Whatever. That made the cover awesome. That's why I wanted to see it in the 80s <laughs> in the first place because it was fantastic. You know, I miss those days. Like, I still see like some... Uh, not memes, but just pictures. Like, remember when your Saturday night consisted of browsing a video store? Yeah. You know, because you go... And honestly, it's a, it's similar to Netflix today because you're, you know, you're looking at the movies that you haven't seen, but the Netflix art changes all the time. Like, oh, what's this? Oh, wait, that's the same movie. They just changed the fucking thumbnail. <laughs> like, I wish Netflix would go to kind of like how Hulu has it where it's the more VHS box-shaped right. format. They want to fit more movies on the screen, though. I understandable. Think. Understandable. I mean, it, it's the modern equivalent of the video store. However, the video store, you had that, you know, the box art had to, you know, had to pop. The Just like movie posters back in the day, you have to draw that attention. People want to see this. You have to sell them on the poster if they don't know what the movie is. Especially back in the day, in the 80s and 90s, where, like, the internet wasn't an everyday thing. Nobody had it. Nobody knew what it was. So you what, you'd have any kind of marketing except commercials, toy tie-ins, Happy Meal toys, all that kind of stuff. Trailers in front of other movies. You know, you had to get to a theater to see a trailer. Otherwise, you never would know what was coming out back in the day. Nowadays, like, trailer release at 12.03 a.m. for yeah. uh, Thor Ragnarok or whatever. <coughs> so now you are you know what's coming out months and months in advance. You know the exact day. Back in the day, you didn't. No clue. Uh, not complaining. It's just how things have changed. Yeah. You know, it was. It's it's so much easier today to not miss anything, which is why this movie didn't... You know, a, Bad release date, bro, first of all. Yeah. <laughs> Hold it back a few weeks. <laughs> Wait till Back to the Future is not playing, and people are hype on, hyped on that type of movie, and you probably could have made a lot more money. Uh, but uh, in the scene where John Stockwell's character is under his car fixing it, Fisher Stevens says to him, You know, I've seen this movie where his haunted car flames guys out. That's my Fisher Stevens impression. <laughs> uh, referring to John Carpenter's Christine, which is an in-joke because John Stockwell was in Christine. 
Mm. So similar to the Canada joke from Weird Science, this one had a uh, reference to an actor's previous role in it as well. Hmm, I wonder if next week's film will have that. It doesn't, hint, hint, spoiler. <laughs> uh, anyway, the distributors of the movie in Sweden thought it should be marketed as a mix of Ghostbusters and Back to the Future, which I can I can kind of see that. I can understand. Like, you were kind of, it was, uh, trying to describe it to somebody, maybe. Yeah, so they instead renamed this film overseas as Time Busters. <laughs> so, yeah. <sighs> which, honestly, it makes sense. Yeah. Like, like I can see that being a name for this film. Not a good one, not saying that, but the title does work with what happens in the movie. Uh, when Bob Roberts, Dennis Hopper, uh, played by Dennis Hopper, returns from the 60s, he's wearing the same costume that Hopper wore when he played Billy in Easy Rider in 1969, which he also directed. Which, uh, in case you didn't know, Jesse, part of that was filmed in New Orleans, by the way, in uh, the mm. same cemetery where Nicolas Cage will be buried in his obelisk pyramid tomb yes. and where Marie Laveau was buried. Which you have visited both. Yep, it was. I made a pilgrimage <laughs> to the future resting place of Nick Cage. It was. Huh? It was very spiritual. But very yeah, spiritual uh, to go to that empty tomb. <laughs> the tomb, as far as I'm concerned, will always or be empty. What if it is filled and there's with his the bodies of his victims? <laughs> I was gonna say him, and there's some imposter. Oh, That's why it's so crazy now. Could be. Yeah. I mean, well, there's that thought. You know, that there's that old picture of like this dude looks just like Nicolas Cage from the 1700s. He's a vampire. Right. So maybe that's, you know, he bought that tomb to hide To, to throw people off. Exactly. Because yeah, that's when it came up. Like, oh, man, I got my tomb. Got to make a big big deal tomb, too. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm here. Uh, how about a pyramid? There you go. But yeah, that cemetery, they don't allow filming in it anymore because of what they did in Easy Rider. Like, mm. they're high and uh, stoned out of their mind, uh, like kissing the statues and all that. So, uh, And also, Easy Rider, if you haven't seen it, it's not that good of a movie. <laughs> let, me, let me rephrase that. I didn't like the movie. It has the most what the fuck ending ever. Or one of the most what the fuck ending, endings ever. Because I'm just watching, like, I didn't see it until several years People ago. People don't agree the with time. you. They don't. I mean, I, it's an important film, like in cinema history, but I don't get it. Put it to you that way. I give it, like, middle of the road, like five. It's not, it's not bad, but it's just like, I don't get it. Mm. You know, so I can't say it's bad. But it's just like, it's, it's so abrupt and just like, boom, it's over. That ending shot's pretty damn cool, though. Ending sequence, I should say. The motorcycle. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Easy Rider in flames. Mm. Uh, but yeah, just didn't get it. Didn't get it. Not my, oh, not uh, my, my, my movie. Hey, it's but not it, in the 80s. Yeah, so never have to worry about watching it again. But uh, anyway, yeah, not too much trivia in this film. Like I was telling you, Jesse, it's going to be a shorter episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for my science project, score-wise, I'd give it a five. Uh, it's not terrible, for an 80s movie with the story it's trying to tell. Now, if you want to compare it to Back to the Future, oh god. It's not, you know, it is terrible compared to Back to the right. Future. But for an 80s movie with what it's trying to do, and again, it has to do everything practical. Uh, the cast isn't terrible. Again, Dennis Hopper and Fisher Stevens is so funny in this movie to me and just ridiculous. Uh, John Stockwell is not a leading man. <laughs> That's why Tom he wasn't Maverick, he was Cougar. Uh, and they get him out of the picture really quickly. But nevertheless, it's not a bad movie. I enjoyed watching it. But again, I, I did go into it with a lot of nostalgia because I had seen it as a kid only once and had a pretty decent memory of it, a fuzzy memory of it, I guess I should say, uh, in rewatching it. So if you haven't seen it since you were a kid, I'd highly recommend rewatching it just to you know remember what you watched as a kid. But if you haven't seen it, there's a lot better out there to spend your hour and 30 minutes watching, most notably Weird Science from last week if you haven't seen it. 
And of course, if you haven't seen Back to the Future, what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, you know, but if you've seen Back to the Future 100 times and you see Weird Science 50 times, there's a lot worse you could do than watching this. If you're looking for an, 80, uh, an 80s, you know, I ain't going to say classic, but an 80s film that you might not have seen. And I'm sure most people haven't. In fact, if you have seen this before hearing about it on the podcast, I want to know. 80s Revisited at Twitter, at 80s Revisited, uh, 80s Revisited gmail.com, at Awesome Pods on Facebook and the interwebs and all those things yeah you can google just google 80s, 80s revisited. revisited and you can get in touch with us leave us a review if you like the podcast all that kind of fun stuff but yeah i know you didn't get to watch it in time for the podcast jesse because I, to- I kind of sprung it on you that we're doing two episodes uh but you know since you did watch it a lot as a kid i recommend you watch it just to see what, it. what you remember and like wow that was probably worse than you remember it probably will be but i mean just skimming through it as i have been um I remember it all brings this. back, yeah, yeah. and it's the same thing for me. And that, that's a fun feeling, uh, you know. Uh, those random ass movies that you saw as a kid. There's another one that I was trying to find to do after next week's. Uh, it was a film over here. It was called Making Contact, and the cover had this kid with lightning bolts coming off his fingers into a closet and had a killer puppet type thing. That's all I remember. <laughs> and the only other thing I remember from it, clear as day, there's a scene where his toys come alive and come out of his room, and like the ATAT come out, Star Wars toys come out, and Vader comes out of his closet with a lightsaber. I've always remembered this film. Thought I found it through nefarious means, because and uh, it was actually directed by Roland Emmerich at Independence Day. But overseas and in some markets, it was called Joey. So it's either called Making Contact or Joey. But I finally found a, a copy of it, as I said, through nefarious means. But it was in German. I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> no, so I, w- I would have watched it, but at least could have had subtitles. No subtitles, just German audio. I'm like, son of a bitch. Uh, but I'm looking forward to finding that same thing as this movie. These yeah. those movies as a kid that tell me the name of that again, Joey. It's either called Joey or Making Contact. Oh, it'll be under one of the others. But over here, when I rented it from Movie Land Video in Walker, Louisiana, it was called Making Contact. Had a killer cover, cool ass cover, same as this film. I was like, oh, I want to watch that. And it was like PG, so it was like I could rent it without trouble. But anyway. That about does it for my science project. So going back to the future real quick. Jesse, did you have to do a science project in school? Oh, I remember like one. And I was terrible in school. So so what it is, I borrowed my friend's uh, spy kit that had like uh, one of these lasers where when you, you know, the little lasers where you cross them. Yeah. And and it it would make a beep. So I demonstrated (laughs) how that works. (laughs) So there wasn't much to it. It's pretty high tech as compared to mine. I did uh, how earthquakes are predicted, hmm. and my dad, me and my dad, but mainly him, of course, made a seismograph by taking a board, putting a so pendulum my, on the top. My parents didn't help me with a, <laughs> a pen, and then we pinned a piece of paper, and then we'd, sh- you know, that's for reference. I hit the table with my fist. We'd hit the bottom board, and then the pendulum would swing, causing the jumps on the graph. Mm. So it was that's what my science project was was how earthquakes were uh, predicted. And actually came in like third or something and got to go to uh, Southeastern here, which I, same thing I do. I mentioned about the JFK thing I did for one episode, the history report or something. I don't remember how we talked about that. So I got to go get out of school a day and go do that again. Is it on fucking Netflix? I mean, uh, uh, YouTube. YouTube. Okay, is it in English though? Let's see. Probably dubbed cut. Maybe it is. Speak, kid. That's the thing. I had to watch like 20 minutes of it. I miss you so much. Well, I know what I'm watching. Tonight. That's English. <laughs> I never, I, honestly, I, it never crosses my mind to check YouTube. Yeah. Ever for these rare movies. Well, there we go. 
You're going to have some uh, black boxes on the side, but that's all I right. can watch it for an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. Hour and 10 minutes, minus credits, I'm sure. Yeah. By Roland Emmerich. Yeah. He would go on to much better things. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so uh, I actually had to do a science project uh, in, I think, seventh grade. And uh, got out of school for a day to go stand in front of it and tell people how it was. Stand in front of it for six hours and wait for like the five minutes to tell the people what it's about when the judges came around. And that's as far as I got. Didn't get beyond that. <laughs> you become the, a big name scientist? Nope. Uh, I had this idea called Trayman's World. But uh, I didn't pass it. But some other dude named Beekman that was next to me at the science fair got the show and... Because he won that science fair, and that's what catapulted him to start him. Oh, man. But yeah, that's about it for Only. me on science projects. I love science. Uh, however, you know, when you're in, a kid in school, like, I don't give a shit about science. I know. I hate that, because like all that stuff interests me now. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I learned it, you know, but, it, but at least in where I went to school, and I'm sure similar in be, going to school in Louisiana for you, I mean, you know, science here wasn't fun. Right. The, here's the basic stuff you got to learn. I didn't have that cool science teacher that made science or math or physics fun. I had an awesome speech teacher. I had an awesome biology teacher that made those courses fun. Yeah. You know, so I guess it's mainly just a teaching thing. You got to teach it in the right way to where it's fun and entertaining for the age group you're trying to teach it to. Darn teachers. <laughs> but anyway, uh, for the rest of Back to the Future, I uh, haven't seen too much that outside of 80s movies that we'll cover in the podcast, but I did get to watch... Uh, the Great Wall with Matt Damon, and I liked it. Really? Yeah. It was this again. This is a movie that kind of bombed. It was panned. Uh, you know, and another example of white savior mentality. But that's not what the movie's about at all. He's uh, one of uh, Ben's co-hosts, co-hosts on the Asia Mania podcast talked about it, and I don't wanted to see it. Period, just because it looked cool. I like the visual aspect of it. And uh, basically, the different factions in it are all Power Rangers. <laughs> they even have a medallion where it's like blue. Oh, like, they're all color coded, like the different factions in the film. But uh, yeah, uh, I mean, Matt Damon, they're basically him. He's a mercenary who came to China with some other guys to try to steal gunpowder. Hmm. And they basically get caught. And as these creatures are attacking the Great Wall, as they do all these, you know, every so many years they attack and they have to stop them because. They have to beat them back to where the queen goes back to rest, hibernate for so many years. Hmm. It's science fiction. It's fantasy. It's not. It's not. It's nothing yeah. about reality. You know. So first of all, if you're like, well, Matt Damon's not Chinese. Should have Chinese people. Also, this was a film funded by Chinese producers and everything. So this yeah. is a China-made film. This is an Asian film, and they want they wanted Matt Damon. So in you know, we'll say all, something about European mercenaries. So yeah. So you know, first of all, again, we've had this discussion before. For something to sell over here or wherever, you know, there there are there are examples of whitewashing and other things like that. There, yes, there are examples, but a lot of the films that people are citing as examples, they're not, they're not at all. Mm. But anyway, uh, I you know I'm glad I didn't you know I I wouldn't had I spent money on the theater I wouldn't be upset because it was pretty much exactly what I expected it to be. Right. Uh, it's very visually pretty. Again, you know, the. Uh, the sparrows or whatever they're called or the bright blue, you know, it's a, it's a fantastic color blue. Then you got like the red archers, you got the black spearmen, black is in the color of their armor. Uh, there's another color. Shame in you there. have to uh, clarify that. <laughs> yeah. In this day and age, but it's, it's nothing that's going to win, you know, well, that's the best movie I've ever seen, but it's a fun action flick. It's got some Kung Fu in it, which I love. Uh, 
the acting, you know, there's not there's no bad performance in it. Again, it's it's pretty. It's there's some striking imagery in it. It's just not bad. It's very unfairly panned because like, oh, it's not factual. Well, of course it's not. Just you're seeing what's happening on screen right now. Yeah. That didn't happen. I mean, you know, it's just like the history books. Yeah, but I mean, if you like Crouching Tiger or uh, Hero, the not the Dustin Hoffman film, but the Jet Li, Donnie Yen Asian film. That seems like such an inefficient way to kill these things. Yeah, I mean, but again, this is highly Asian in terms sure. of production and like, uh, you know, that's, oh, that's man, something very, uh, <laughs> you know, it's not something, uh, it's the wire, and it's not wire bin, but tans in Asian mania. There's, I'm not saying wire foo, but we're watching a scene with wires. Like they're supposed to, bungee cords, if you want to call it that. Uh, that's just their way of defending the wall. It's very video gamey. Like this could have been a video game called The Great Wall and, it, you know, a seven hour game and it would have been awesome as a video game because of what your character would be doing and the whole time I'm watching this is like a, hey, this is a fantastic video game oh yeah and Willem Dafoe's in it too yeah fantastic <laughs> always love seeing him pop up yep. I was actually shocked when like because his introduction is like actually that is his introduction right there we just watched and like wait a second is that Willem what the fuck because <laughs> I knew nothing about this film except that I wanted to see it and the poster looked pretty and the trailer looked pretty and uh Pedro Pascal from Game of Thrones is in it he's good in it uh, again, there's really nothing bad about it. It's just a fun, mindless movie. Those things should have came out a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But, uh, you know, again, it's not, it's not going to win any awards, but if you want to watch just a cool action fantasy film, it's a great choice. I, I recommend it if you like that kind of genre. Uh, Matt Damon does have a weird accent in it, but it ne- never enough to where I'm like, eh. It's not terrible. Who does he... Geez, uh, everywhere you click, it's action. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. It's, that's one reason I loved it. That's Pedro Pascal. Here's Damon. Oh, he's contemplating. You'll never get what you want from this. God, Damon, what are you doing? That's no, not him. You think they see you as some kind of hero? It's he's not going to talk. He does talk. I promise. Let's see him and forget his friends. Black powder's not going anywhere. What goes nowhere is you. Almost Crispin Wash. <laughs> like a. Uh, Wow, it's not, but it's not, it's not like you know, DiCaprio trying to do Irish and uh, Gangs in New York, <laughs> where it comes in and out. He's pretty consistent. It's not bad. I, again, I recommend it. Now to something I don't recommend. Literally before I came over here today, Jesse, on April twenty first, twenty seventeen, I finally played the last little bit of Mass Effect Andromeda, and I am so. <laughs> Fucking glad I never have to play the single player of that game again, oh barring some unforeseen DLC that seems enticing. Uh, as I've said before, a huge fan of 1 through 3. Fantastic series. This was my most anticipated game since it was announced. It is so bad. Uh, it's, it's, there's, there's not enough good to eclipse... Like the bad. Even the storyline's no, bad? No, the storyline is fine. Okay. Now, like, let me rephrase this. If somebody was... Pi- I can see how they got the game greenlit. The pitch for the story right. is fantastic. But then the, the parts that are making this from uh, the voice actors, the script... I mean, oh, God. Okay, first of all, Mass Effect takes place like 200 years from now, and then this place takes place 600 years after that. Mm. They're still popping references from today. Oh yeah, you it's told me so, about that. It's just like what the fuck? Like, I mean, come on. 
Again, it's yeah, this, dude. It's the same. Like for example, <laughs> when I talk to my brother who works on the call, at Infinity Ward in the Call of Duty franchise. Congratulations on his new announcement. Yep. Uh, <laughs> back to World War Two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's but, like, wait, haven't they been there the whole time? But anyway, like as I say, on and it's 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 a fact to me. And he showed me their board they worked with for like uh, Modern Warfare, the last one before Ghosts, I guess, not this uh, Infinite Warfare. But yeah. they had a, a, a board with post-it notes, and anybody who works in Infinity War can come up there and put an idea up. Yeah. And when I'm looking at the wall, all I'm seeing, oh, that scene was in Transform, last Transformers movie. That was in Rambo, like just movie scenes. Yeah. Like, oh, that was in Metal Gear Solid. Wait, first of all, I'm not saying that's not a bad idea because you're getting, you're pooling ideas. And there, yeah, there, there were some, there were some interesting ideas on there. I can't remember them, but I'm just using this as like my example. And yeah, that's because the people, and I'm not, I'm not talking shit about if you weren't anybody, but mm-hmm. the, a lot of the people making game, video games today are these young kids that did go to school for it. So they know the work involved, but they don't have that. Their creativeness is fashioned by what movie, they've seen. Yeah, what with no creativity. It's heavily influenced creativity, and that is para, that is for massive. The first three, I believed I was in that world. Like these are like I wanted after every mission. I wanted to go talk to my crewmates, yeah. get their opinions and perspectives on what happened. What what universe shaking event we just caused did i make the right choice i want like they were my advisors in andromeda i don't give a shit <laughs> like on like that was the my favorite part of mass effect is better than any final fantasy game where every crew member was viable like when i played part two with the suicide mission at the end i talked to everybody after every mission i i I I didn't I only lost I talked about it a few weeks ago when we were talking about Mass Effect when I first started playing and how bad it sucked then I was uh, I only lost like one like the little your little secretary then lose a crewmate I was like oh thank God I couldn't bear to lose any of these people mm. for because again one through three carries on you know your save carries on your you know if you die your main character can die at the end of two and you got to play a new character in three Andromeda is like. Mm. It would be excusable if it took if it came out before the first Mass Effect. Uh, I'm very forgiving on video games. You know, one glitch here, one glitch there, one bug. You know, non-game ending bug there. I, okay, no problem. If it's a game, you know, you, you, this one is riddled with bugs, wow. visual hiccups that I was. And when I in the first three Mass Effects, I was completely immersed, loved. In I, mean, I would get my work done early to get home to play it. Couldn't, you know, stay up late to play it. This one is like, just want to beat it. Just want to beat it. Mainlining the story. Just want to beat it. Oh, God. It's just so... Again, the, the, the idea for the game with Bioware's A-team, not their fucking D-team. Yeah. Excuse me. Would have been fantastic. But a, they add a fucking jump jet to movement, but then to heal, you have to go to a menu. Whereas in the original, you just tap a button. Yeah. I died, like in the last fight, I died three or four times because you have to, on the PlayStation 4, you have to tap the, uh, you know, the, the big square button in the middle of the controller. I don't know what that button's called. You know, like the big one? Yeah, 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 the touchpad. The, yeah, the touchpad. You have to tap it to bring up your menu to heal. I'm getting killed. I'm like, tap, menu's not coming up. Tap, menu's not coming up. Tap, 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 dead. <laughs> Throwing my, like, rage-inducing shit. Oh, wow. Uh... And then, like when you get near something, it the icon pops up to interact with it. 
And then if you're not in like, okay, I'm pressing to interact, and then I can't. I, I have to walk around to find the right angle where the game wants you to be to do that. Where in the original, if you just talk to somebody, your character just walks into the frame, and then the other one, you know, it's very organic. This game, it's it's the worst triple A like game I've ever played. <laughs> all this shit you're watching, Jesse, I've seen. Like this has all happened to me. Right. Like you get to a, a cutscene that is supposed or something big happens, and you it's a typical camera shot, camera A, camera B, an establishing shot. And then it cuts to camera B, and the person's shoulder is blocking your face while you're supposed to be giving a quote-unquote emotional like talking to or something. But I can't because there's a big Krogan shoulder pad in my face. <laughs> it's, it's so shoddily done. It is terrible. Again, this is probably the worst game I've ever made. A, because it's a sequel to Mass Effect. And mm. what a letdown. I didn't dislike Dragon Age 2 as opposed from 1 or Inquisition as much as I hated this one. Wow. It is bad. If you're a fan of Mass Effect, I won't even recommend it. See, I'm, I'm kind of happy I'm not a fan of Mass Effect. <laughs> well, you should be. Like, you should go play the first three. We don't, well, they're not, I don't think they're backwards compatible on PlayStation 4. Like, yeah. I would, and the thing is, they have to be using the same engine. The character models are blocky. Uh, the textures are high res, but I mean, you can't put a, a high res coat of paint on a fucking, you know, shitty ass model. And again, we're coming off Horizon Zero Dawn. I know. And yeah, Grant, so I, I mentioned that before. Like, that game is perfection visually. Yeah. And in the way the story is told. That is how you make a fucking game. Mm -hmm. This game, Bi Bioware is bio shit now. Like, they <laughs> haven't made a good, they have that company, you know, and I, I mean, Fucking Dragon Age, Mass Effect, Jade Empire, Knights of the Old Republic. There was some like thing like, oh, Bioware's thinking about bringing back Knights of the Old Republic. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you better get you better get some old school people back on it because this is shit. Like the current Bioware is terrible. Do not if you want to play if you if you really want to play this game, wait. It'll be on sale in a couple months. Play it then. Just like that other one uh, with the planets. Yeah, No Man's Sky. Yeah, which. That game, that, that game got unfairly shit on, in my opinion, simply because what they said it was at launch is what it was. Yeah, yeah. And it was a relaxing game for me. Now, granted, after 100 planets, and in my personal experience, I kept getting the same fucking like, atmospheres and stuff, that's fine. But for what it was, unfairly criticized, I think. Hmm. Uh, and now I've traded in long since, but now it's like supposedly like an amazing game. Like, oh, really? With all the different updates they've done to base building and all sorts of stuff. It's huh. becoming the game that apparently people wanted it to be. Uh, but I enjoyed No Man's Sky, personally. I would, like, once all these, they've kind of tweaked it enough, and I hear more positive things about it in terms of what they've added to it to break up the monotony, I'll go with, oh, the glitch you're watching now? For the last half of the game, I, I have it to where my helmet is off at all times. Mm. Cutscenes and everything. However, it kept, my, my character kept talking as though it was talking through a helmet. So it's <laughs> like, you know, instead of like, I don't know. We got to stop this. It's, I don't know. We got to stop this. And then it cuts to another person talking like, it's okay. We'll oh, make it. Geez. You know, it's just like, God, this is so, this is such shit. And then the third name that comes up in the credits is quality control. I'm like, fire this person. Yeah. Fire all. <laughs> fire every single one of them. I didn't, I didn't romance her, but apparently her sex seems pretty explicit with no Cora. Kidding. I romanced the uh, Irish chick uh, or Scottish chick. I'm sorry. I should say in the beginning. <laughs> uh, or at, showed, uh... at the deck. I just got some kissing and some hanky panky. I didn't get any of this. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> no nudity. Uh, What's the bug about that? 
I don't know. It's <laughs> it's bad. I'm telling you, like, and again, I'm not. It's not like oh, Trey's just shitting on it because he didn't. He had some bugs. No, I love this franchise. Top three franchise in, as far as I'm concerned. This game fucking killed it. When another one comes out, I'm gonna be apprehensive about it. And right. I bought the fucking six uh, eighty dollar version of this one. Oh jeez. Like the the collector's edition because like fuck yeah, gonna play multiplayer. Gonna get the DLC. Love Mass Effect. Cannot wait. You were suckered. Total shit. Again, the good in the game does not outweigh it. And the multiplayer, we're not even having that much fun with it. It is close, similar to what it was in 3, but it's it's just not the same. Uh, but I am so glad I'm done with this game. <laughs> Honestly, like, I would trade it in literally tomorrow to get as much money as I could for it. But I, I do want to see what if they're going to try to course correct and have some sort of DLC that might be worth mm. playing. Because I, I don't want to buy it again to have to play... Like, that's my only fear. Is that, oh, this DLC totally makes the game awesome. Like, and this is coming from someone who hated the base game or blah, blah, blah. Now, granted, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it is either. But it's my luck that I <laughs> traded in and then the next day, you know... Super awesome pack announced for Mass Effect Andromeda. Yeah, but you already like you know the whole story and <laughs> yeah. But again, it's 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 like Gandalf. It's a fool's hope, but I'm still going to bring the ring to Mount Doom. <laughs> Put it to you that way. So yeah, you know, I guess you have been playing much lately, huh? Or no, I haven't. But I've you been. did. You didn't mention you totally hundred percented Horizon Zero Dawn, didn't you? Oh uh, no, not not completely. Uh, it's nearly there, but I haven't turned it on lately. Uh been working on board games <laughs> gotcha because the next big release i think video game wise big release i should say or must buy day one for me is uh, injustice 2 comes out next month mm. can't wait for that uh and prey comes out next month too but i don't know if i want to get that day one uh i don't know if you remember prey from i think 360 i remember the cover but it was all about it. gravity and oh, i never played it upside though. down it was a great game and they always talked about a sequel but this is i guess same universe type game it's not like I don't, I don't know if it's a direct sequel or not but the original was great because when you hear like radio broadcasts from earth while you're on the space station it was art bell from coast to coast like he was like the voice of the radio guy so it was always cool mm. walk on your art bell talking it was fantastic great game for its time uh but anyway so yeah that'll be the next game i'm looking for the next movie i'm looking forward to is free fire which is not playing anywhere near here but then uh, of course after that more closer to the time that you guys are hearing this guardians of the galaxy volume 2 Super hyped for that with five in credit scenes as they've announced. <laughs> Can we just stop the in credit scene? But I now? think they're doing it as a joke. It has to it be. Has, I mean, knowing James Gunn, it has yeah, to like, yeah. it's it going to be, be like comedic. I mean, it's probably going to be a conversation or something taking place over five different scenes yeah. or like one scene that they chopped up for a comedic effect. Who knows? Uh, but I'm excited for it. And did, did you see the Thor Ragnarok trailer? I did. Somebody really likes Guardians of the Galaxy. No kidding. <laughs> Which I'm not complaining about. Because right. I like Guardians of the Galaxy, and I like the look of the Thor rack. I like the look of it, but... But it, why it, is it that way? Exactly. You know? that's, that's, like, you have to have that happen. Is that just the trailer? Guardians of the Galaxy or, made sense. You know, he was from the 80s. Yeah. That's his, that's his mindset of... Yeah. It's literally, if they did that blast from the past movie with Brendan Fraser and Chris, uh, not exactly. Christina Ricci, Alicia Silverstone, yeah. except it's somebody from the 80s, that's how they'd be in yeah. space. You know, that's why it's so fantastic. And all that. So, but I'm really looking forward to that one as far as what's coming up. But uh, let us know what you're looking forward to and what you think of Mass Effect. If I'm totally off my rocker saying that, I'm not. But uh, 
Yeah, so that pretty much does it for this week. Next week, rounding out this science mm-hmm. fair of 80s science movies. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> just watching a video of Mass Effect glitches. That does not surprise me. I'm telling you, Jesse, that happened. Like, that That's like a horror show. Doesn't surprise me. It's so One of the funny. characters just start climbing up the wall and it's out like the roof. Exorcist. Like, yeah. It's... <laughs> And that's that's just a random background character too. That's not a character you talk to or anything. It's just, <laughs> just it's fucking leaves. terrible. And, and I'm I, no, it hurts no one more than me to say this. How bad this game is. But anyway, next week rounding out the science fair uh, theme, impromptu science fair theme. Val Kilmer returns to the podcast with real genius. So we'll talk about that next week, only on Eighties Revisited. And until then, I'm your host Trey Harris. Jazzy Sedgley. Cowabunga! Find this show and more on facebook.com slash awesomepods. And follow us on Twitter at AwesomePods.